So this morning, we're starting a series called Words to Live By, and it's really a series that we're, uh, that's going to be straight out of the book of Proverbs. Every, every summer, we like to try to take a book of the Bible or, um, you know, just uh, stay in a series for the summer uh, with people in and out for vacations and stuff. It doesn't matter whether, you know, if you miss, you, you can just stay right with the series. But so as most of you know, the book of Proverbs is one of the five books of wisdom in the Bible. And uh, it contains a vast collection of, of sayings and words and principles of wisdom that were written to help us gain wisdom. How many of you like to have wisdom? That's an IQ test. How many of you would like to have wisdom? <laughs> if you say no, you need wisdom, right? And so, uh, but you know, uh, it was written, um, it was written to help us uh, get more uh, wisdom operating in our own life. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had the privilege of, of speaking to some graduates at a graduation ceremony. And I, and as I thought about what to share with the graduates, I thought, you know, if I could point to one thing that, uh, and give them the best piece of advice that I believe I could give them, uh, I believe what could make the greatest difference in their life as they finish high school and they start college or whatever else is, I believe that uh, it would be, if I could give them advice, make wise decisions, make wise choices. Because, why, why wise choices? Because, you know, our choices, whether good or bad, will determine the future of our lives. Isn't that right? You know, whether we make good choices or bad choices determines our future. I'm sure you've heard it said, we make our choices, but our choices make us. We make our decisions, but our decisions make us, right? And if you think about it, where you are right now, for the most part, is because of the choices that you made in the past. And, and where you be futuristically has everything to do with the choices that you make now and that you make futuristically. Our quality of life is determined by the choices that we make. And, you know, we, we live in a society and, and in a time where, where everybody wants to blame everybody else for where they are, but sometimes you just got to own up and you got to put your big boy pants on and say, you know what, I think the reason why I'm at where I am right now is because of the choices I've made. Are y'all with me out there? And so no wonder the wisest and wealthiest man who ever lived, the main author of Proverbs, King Solomon, tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, getting wisdom is the most important thing that you can do. And with your wisdom, develop common sense, good judgment. If you exalt wisdom, she will exalt you. Hold her fast and she will lead you to great honor. She will place a beautiful crown upon your head. So now Solomon tells us getting wisdom is the most important thing that we could do. And, uh, you know, as you read the first few chapters of Proverbs, it just, it gives you a lot of reasons why you should make wisdom a priority. So why is acquiring wisdom so important? Because without wisdom, you can't make wise choices. That makes sense, doesn't it? The truth is you can't make wise choices if you don't have wisdom operating in your life. Now, if wisdom is that valuable and, and so important, we need to find out what it is. And we need to find out how to get it, right? 
Because just showing up at church, I've found, don't make you wise. Like standing in a garage, don't make you a car. Right? So what is wisdom? Well, wisdom, I think before we can acquire wisdom, we have to know what we're looking for, right? And so sometimes to understand what wisdom is, you got to find out what it's not, right? So wisdom is not measured by natural standards. In other words, what I mean by that is wisdom is not having a high IQ. I mean, some people have been gifted with a high IQ. They're, they're, they're brilliant. But just because you're a genius or you're brilliant don't mean you're wise. You might be smart, but not necessarily wise. Wisdom is not determined by your educational level. You can have a master's. You can have a doctorate in psychology or, or philosophy. You can be a scientist and not be wise. And so, you know, it, wisdom is not equated with your success level either. You can be the wealthiest person in the world and not be wise. Riches and possessions are not an indicator that you're wise. Because you might have inherited that from your grandma, right? That was a joke. Wisdom is not equated with your skill level either. So you can be the greatest vocalist, the greatest violinist, the greatest artist, athlete. Doesn't mean you're wise. You can be, you can be the best in your field and not have a bit of wisdom. Natural abilities have nothing to do with wisdom. Wisdom is not measured by natural standards. Well, how do you know if you possess wisdom? Wisdom is measured by biblical standards. And so my personal definition of wisdom is this, is having the ability to acquire and apply biblical knowledge and principles into your everyday life. And here's what James 3, 13, James said, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil and, and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first, first of all, it's pure. It's peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. It's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Now, what is this, all of this, these verses saying? I think it's saying that wisdom is proven through the personal application of biblical knowledge. And so you could be in church a long time and not be wise. As you can see, wisdom is not just acquiring and gaining biblical knowledge. You got to get beyond just gaining knowledge. True wisdom is having the ability to acquire it and apply it into your life. That's where wisdom kicks in. Are y'all with me? Y'all tracking with me? So just knowing chapters and verses don't make you wise either. You can't just acquire biblical knowledge. Wisdom is when you apply biblical knowledge. Remember when Jesus finished his sermon on the Mount and, uh, in his parable, and, and he tells a parable at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he contrasts two men who built their houses on two different foundations. You know, one was built, I mean, you, you guys know that parable, right? One was built on sand, one was built on rock. They both experienced a storm. The guy who built his house on the rock stood the storm. The guy who built his house on the sand, it fell apart. Remember that parable? Do you remember what Jesus said distinguished 
the wise man from the foolish man? You remember what it was? It wasn't having biblical knowledge. No, Jesus said they both heard the Sermon on the Mount. He said the difference was the wise man did what he heard. He applied what he heard. In Matthew 7, 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So first, you got to hear it, but it doesn't stop there. You got to put it into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. In Matthew 7, 26, in the contrast, Jesus says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So the difference is they both heard it. One did it, one didn't it. One was wise, one was foolish. So, so the wise man heard and put into practice what he heard. And so he became wise. The foolish man didn't. So, you know, the question is, do you want to be wise or do you want to be foolish? You say, well, I'm here at church and I'm, I'm, you know, hearing the word. That doesn't make you wise. You got to work that principle into your life to become wise. And I think there's a, there's, there's a, a, there's a short circuit. There's a short circuit in Christianity where we're full of knowledge, but we're short on application. Come on, I'm going to say that again. We're, we know what the Bible says. We're just not doing it. Come on, help me say amen right there, would you? So what is wisdom? Wisdom is having the ability to apply biblical knowledge and the principles in the everyday life. And so listen, the more you apply, the wiser you'll become. So Jesus makes it crystal clear in this parable. There's a huge difference between those who wisely apply the principles of the Bible and those who don't. And the book of Proverbs lays out many of the blessings, and I'm just going to give you a few of them, but one of them is wisdom sprinkles your life with joy and happiness. How many of you like to be joyful and happy? You know, you ever wonder why some people, regardless of what they're going through, they always seem to be happy and they have a smile on their faces? No? No? Okay, I was just wondering. I was just, as you know, sometimes I talk to people and I hear what they're going through and I say, How in the world did you work that smile on your face? You know, listen, it might be that they've learned to walk in wisdom. That's the reason why they got joy in their life, even though they're going through a tough time. Amen. And listen what Proverbs 3.13 says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You know what to be happy means? It means to be blessed, fortunate. It means to be favored and prosperous. And so, you know, when you gain wisdom, it helps you to be, live a happy life. You know, I was thinking about this and, you know, how this applies. Uh, you know, Miss Kit, y'all know Miss Kit? Is she here today? Yeah, she is here. There's Miss Kit. I, I heard a story not long ago. I think it was last year or something like this. And Miss Kit uh, needed to go to the restroom in the middle of the night. She went to the restroom and she was on her way back to her bed and she fell. And she couldn't get up. And it was like maybe three o'clock in the morning. And so, uh, you know, we heard about it and I went to the hospital and, and we were visiting with Miss Kidd and saying, you know, tell us about what happened and all that. She said, yeah, I fell at about three in the morning and, uh, and, but I didn't want to call anybody. I didn't want to, I didn't want to wake anybody up. <laughs> I'd have been trying to call the president, you know, like I've fallen and I can't get up, you know. But she says, I just laid there and I just started praying for those people that got flooded and stuff. Wow. 
That's my kind of lady right there. Amen. Come on, y'all with me out there? But you know what? She had the wisdom to know, like, I can just sit here and cry, but I'm just going to put my mind and do something constructive while I'm laying here on the floor. I'm going to pray for other people. Come on. How many of you feel like you need prayer right now? All right. Come on, Miss Kid, you know? And so, you know, wisdom sprinkles your life with joy and happiness. Like the man who built his house on the rock. Wisdom allows you to weather the storms of life. Storms are going to come. What is, are you going to make it when the storms come? And wisdom helps you maintain joy and happiness regardless of what you go through in your life. Amen. Here's another blessing. Wisdom can add years, riches, and honor to your life. You know, we, you know, we're in, you know, people are always, you know, you know, it's not bad. It's good, especially in Louisiana to eat organic food and eat healthy food, to be in good health and stuff. Stuff's expensive though, you know? Like they said, when you go to Whole Foods, you got to bring your whole check, you know? And, and so, you know, <laughs> right? But, but you know, sometimes we, we do, we work hard at trying to get in good health and extend the, the limb of our life, but wisdom will extend your life, you know? And, um, and so, um, you know, if you want to live longer and enjoy a greater, greater success and experience honor in your life where people actually honor you, you got to learn to walk in wisdom. That's what happens to those who learn to walk in wisdom. Proverbs 3.16, talk the whole chapter about wisdom says, length of days in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. It, it'll extend your life. It'll help you to live a better life. Wisdom helps you live in the sweet spot of peace. Have you noticed the world is getting crazier and crazier? Right? I know I didn't just re speak anything revelation right there, right? I mean, the world is getting crazier. Uh, listen, Jesus predicted that would happen, right? But wouldn't it be great if we can continue to live in peace, even with the craziness all around us? I think we can if we walk in wisdom. And that's what Proverbs 3.17 says, her ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. Living the life of wisdom will lead you on the path. Now, this is just a thought. Could be that some of us, the reason why we're living so stressed out is we haven't acquired enough wisdom to make wise choices. You know, in fact, Proverbs 3.24 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. You know, as I've gotten older, I'm not a teenager anymore. And, and as I've gotten older, I've learned that, you know, one of the greatest blessings is a good night of sleep. Amen. Like I slept all night. Praise the Lord. Some of the young people are like, what? You know that? Because they just get a good night's sleep, you know? But the point I want to make to us today is we need to put great value on getting wisdom. Because wisdom is the most important thing you can do, according to Solomon. In Proverbs 3.14, in the message, he says, she, she's worth far more than money in the bank. Her friendship is better than a big salary. Her value exceeds all the trappings of wealth. Nothing you could wish for holds a candle to her. So according to the wisest man who ever lived, getting wisdom is more important than having a big bank account and having all kind of toys that you can entertain yourself with. In fact, in verse chapter 3, and verse 18, it says, it's, she's the very tree of life to those who embrace her. But you got to embrace it. You got to desire it. It doesn't happen through osmosis. It doesn't just fall on you. You got to, you got to desire wisdom. So the question then is how do you acquire wisdom? I want to give you just a few suggestions before we finish today. And the first one is this. 
If you want wisdom in your life, you got to become very familiar with the book of Proverbs. And, and uh, you read it over and over again until and meditate on it and, and pay attention. Like, don't just read it like a storybook. Like, you know, search out the richness, the richness of it until, until you can begin, in fact, memorize it, until you can begin quoting it. Get so acquainted with the book of Proverbs to the point that you can begin quoting verses. Because Proverbs 1 and 1 says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom. Verse 3 says, their purpose is to teach people to live a disciplined and successful life. The purpose of Solomon writing down all these Proverbs is because so we could become wise. And you know what I found is that, you know, wisdom doesn't come with age. You can be, you can be an old fool. <laughs> I know that don't sound too pretty in the pulpit, but right? Right? I mean, it does, you know, foolishness doesn't, it don't care how old you are. It'll be, it'd love to live, visit your house, right? And so you got to get acquainted. And, and that's what, you know, the Proverbs was written for. Imagine this. Imagine this with, if you could get to be mentored by the wisest and the wealthiest man who ever lived. Imagine this. If you could sit at the feet and learn the secrets of the most successful person who ever lived. You know, I won't take the time to go into everything that happened to Solomon and what he acquired. But you know, Bill Gates couldn't hold a candle to King Solomon. Warren Buffett couldn't hold a candle to King Solomon. This guy was loaded, right? And he writes all these proverbs. And that's, you know, that's exactly the opportunity we get when we sit down and open the book of Proverbs and just read and meditate on the principles that he gives us in that book. I mean, man, you could be mentored by the, the smartest and the wealthiest person who ever lived. Reading, studying, and meditating on the book of Proverbs is like sitting at his feet, right? In the book of Proverbs, I mean, he, he touches on so many topics like how to handle relationships, managing your finances, overcoming sexual temptation, the power of your words, living a life of integrity, successful business and work ethic practices, parenting skills, the pitfall of pride, the importance of vision. The list goes on and on concerning the subjects that Solomon touches on that can increase our level of wisdom. So here's the application of this point. I encourage you to begin reading and meditating on the book of Proverbs. Read a verse, read a chapter every day. You know, 33 years ago, somebody, somebody uh, challenged me to read the book of Proverbs. And I didn't know the Bible and I didn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament. Uh, you know, I thought Revelations was Revolutions and the book of Psalms was the book of Palms. And, you know, I didn't know nothing. And he said, just start reading the book of Proverbs. And so, man, I started with the book of Proverbs. He said, listen, there's 31 chapters, one for every day of the, of the month. So whatever day of the month it is, read that chapter. And so I'd sit at the kitchen table, open my Bible, eat my Cheerios while I read the chapter of the day. And you know what I noticed is that after years of doing that, I started quoting verses out of Proverbs. In fact, I started making my choices according to what I read out of the book 
of Proverbs. In other words, it started to help me make wiser choices and make better decisions in my life. Come on, are y'all with me out there? All right, a second suggestion to inquiring wisdom is this. Begin praying for wisdom every day. Begin praying for it. That's what James chapter 1, verse 5, he said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now, let me ask you another IQ question. How many of you would admit today that you don't know everything? Okay, all right. Look around. If, if you heard somebody say they didn't agree with that, okay, all right. Could we all admit that we, not all of us, know everything about everything? Amen. So if we want to become wise, so he says, if you lack wisdom, that's all of us. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. So if we want to become wise, we have to first humbly admit we need it and then ask him for it. I believe without a doubt the humility of prayer releases God's wisdom in your life, right? This is how it all got started for Solomon. You remember he had this incredible opportunity to ask God for anything. First Kings 3, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Imagine if God would give you that opportunity. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh man, I'm glad he don't give me that opportunity, right? But what's so amazing is God said he would, he, uh, he could ask for anything and God would do it. But this was, this was Solomon's request in verse nine. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. For who by himself is able to carry such a heavy responsibility? Now remember Solomon is leading God's people and the Lord was pleased with his reply and was glad that Solomon had asked for Wisdom. Of all the things that Solomon could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. And God gave it to him. It's God's response that's really amazing in verse 12. I'll, yes, I'll give, I'll give to you what you asked for. I'll give you a wiser mind than anyone else has ever had or ever will have. You get that? Nobody will be as wise as Solomon was. And I will also give you what you didn't ask for, riches and honor. And no one in all the world will be as rich and famous as you for the rest of your life. So God not only gave Solomon what he asked for, which was wisdom. God also gave him what he didn't ask for, which was riches and honor for a lifetime. Now, I think there's an important principle here. If we'll just prayerfully seek out God's wisdom through his word and through prayer, We'll get four more than just wisdom. Amen. Wisdom will bring lots more riches than just being able to make wise choices. Humble, persistent prayer is another key that unlocks God's divine wisdom. Here's another practical application. Begin praying every day, asking the Lord to give you wisdom. You know what I found? It's like sometimes, you know, you can find out you got to make a decision and you could go home and think about it and pray about it, call somebody, whatever. But sometimes you got to make a decision right now. And you don't, you don't have a chance to go consult anybody. And so you need the wisdom before you have to make the decision so that you can make the right decision. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you don't have all the time. So pray for it every day. Lord, would you give me wisdom? Here's a third suggestion. Take time every day to stop, slow down, get quiet, and surrender to the Holy Spirit. We live in a hurried life. 
hurried life, stressful life, a quick-paced life, right? But we got to take time if we want to walk in wisdom, live in wisdom. We got to take time to surrender and yield and submit to the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 1 and 20 says this, wisdom shouts in the streets. It cries out in the public square. She calls out to the crowds along the main street and to those in the front of city hall. Verse 23 says, come here and listen to me and I'll pour out the spirit of wisdom upon you and make you wise. So wisdom shouts, calls out, cries out to the crowds. But if you think about it, the wisest people in the world are not those that have the highest education or the most life experiences or the oldest and most mature in the room. The wisest people in the room are those that have the spirit of wisdom operating in their life. Proverbs 123 says, come here, listen to me. I will pour out the spirit of wisdom. There's a supernatural wisdom that you can get that you can't go buy at Walmart or Costco. Amen? It's the spirit of wisdom, but we have to listen. We have to take time to cultivate, to slow down, to yield to, and submit to the Holy Spirit. We got to get accustomed to the Holy Spirit operating in our life. And what I've noticed is the spirit is like a dove and you can, you can quench the spirit and you can cause the spirit to not really take hold in charge of your life. The spirit is in you, but the question is, does the spirit have you? Have you yielded to the spirit? If you yield to the flesh, you'll make unwise choices. If you yield to the spirit, you'll make wise choices every day, day in and day out. Are y'all with me out there? And so we got to learn to just take the time, sit on the back patio, sit in your favorite chair, close your eyes, stop, slow down, be quiet, hush, be still, put your phone down and just yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. And as you yield to the Holy Spirit, you're going to become more and more acquainted with the Holy Spirit. You'll understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when you get ready to make a decision, instead of making the wrong decision, the Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to your heart in that whisper and say, here's the wrong decision. Here's the right decision. Here's the right attitude. Here's the wrong attitude. Do this and not that. And you stay on the path of wisdom. Amen. Y'all with me out there? Romans 11.33 says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Come on, how many of you know the spirit of wisdom can teach you the ways of God, the riches of God, the mysteries of God, the purposes of God, right? The spirit of the Lord. In fact, Isaiah 55 and 8 says, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts are your thoughts. What amazes me, some people think they're smarter than God, and if God didn't give them a brain, they wouldn't have a thought one. How arrogant is that? Amen? Come on, how many of you know the spirit of wisdom is what we need? So here's another practical application. Take time every day to just stop, slow down, get quiet, and surrender to the Spirit. Amen? And the Spirit of the Lord will just begin to, to lead you, guide you. You know, I've heard stories of businesses, 
business owners that were about to purchase, make a huge purchase. And, and everything seemed like green light was on and they decided not to. And they found out later that that business decision would have just sunk their business. And it was only the leading of the Lord that kept them out of bankruptcy. I mean, I'm sure you could relate to times where you made decisions and you didn't know, you're at a crossroads, you're at a fark in the road. And all you know is right and left, but you don't know where it's going to go. And you got to make a decision based upon this fark, which direction you're going to go in. And you don't have a clue what to do. And you just go by the intuition of the Spirit of God. And you go by the leading of the Lord and, and, and you just allow time to just, uh, to just soak in the presence of God. And you make a decision and you look back and you say, Oh my goodness, this path went to the wilderness and this went, this one went to the pinnacle. I'm so glad I went this way and not that way. Come on, y'all can relate to that. Amen. Come on. How many of you feel like you need the spirit of wisdom on your life? It's an IQ test. We all need it, right? Would you do me a favor and stand with me this morning? You know, the very last point that I want to share with you this morning wisdom is not measured with natural standards. It's not how many degrees that you have in your, in your pedigree of educational accomplishment, although obviously education is very important, but it's not wisdom. Wisdom is measured by biblical standards. And, you know, I was just thinking, Tony and I, were, we took a road trip last week, and we, uh, we stopped at Chick-fil-A. And I just want you to know that it's not only in Lafayette that there's a traffic jam at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there's a traffic jam at Chick-fil-A. And I was just thinking, these are people, godly people, that still will not open their business on Sunday. And they got so much business from Monday to, to Saturday that they got to get escorts to direct traffic. Come on. Right before our very eyes, you could see God blessing the hand of wisdom. Amen. And I believe God wants to bless you and I. We might never be owners of a Chick-fil-A, but bless God, we got to make decisions today and tomorrow and next week and next month and the rest of our lives. May the spirit of wisdom be upon us. Amen. But how does that all start? The Bible says in Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All wisdom starts with having a fear of the Lord. What is that? It means you're willing to live your life in reverence and respect and honor of the Lord. You know, a foolish person, they mock Christianity. They mock spiritual things. They make fun of it. That's what fools do. Wise people honor the Lord. They reverence the Lord. The fear of the Lord means you're interested in learning God's ways and God's will. People that don't fear the Lord, they don't care. It means you're willing to surrender your life and your will to the Lordship of Christ. Colossians 2, 3 says, In Him, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Him, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Jesus. So when you're in Jesus, you get access to all the treasures and wisdom of God. That's why it's so important. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Fear of the Lord means you're willing to surrender. Jesus told the religious leader, he was a church-going person. He had, he had religion, but not relationship. And he said, how do I tap into all of this? And Jesus said, you got to be born again. You got to be born of the water and of the spirit. You got to have a spiritual birth. We all hear because we were born of the water. But now we all need a spiritual birth. And the devil would be glad for us to go to church every Sunday for the rest of our life as long as we don't surrender our heart and our life to him and become born again. So would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Whenever you're not born again, you have a sense that you're not because in your, in your heart, in your mind, there's, there's, no, there's no confidence You believe in God, that's why you're here, but there's no confidence that you're a child of God. If you're here today and you've never surrendered, you've never asked the Lord to forgive your sins, every one of them, and given your life over to Christ, this morning is a perfect opportunity to do that. And I wanna just pray a simple prayer. All you need to do is be wise enough to acknowledge that you need to be born again. So if that's you today, would you just do me a favor and lift your hand? And I wanna pray a prayer with you and for you Just lift your hand and just hold it up. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand, sir. Just hold your hand up. Even if I miss your hand, God doesn't miss it. God knows your heart. He knows the decision that you're making, and that's what's important. But if you would, just pray this prayer with us as we pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying. Thank you for shedding your blood so that my sins could be forgiven. Lord, I want to be born again. I want to be a Christian. I want to live my life for you. I humbly surrender my heart to you. Thank you, Jesus, for having an invitation that is open to me today. And I take that invitation. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you that that raised your hand and prayed that prayer, it's a big deal, y'all. It's not a small deal. It's a big deal. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Once you give your life to Christ, that's when all the treasures and blessings of the Lord open up to you. Now, the rest of us that are Christian, I want more wisdom. What about you? I want more and more wisdom. I want to make more and more wise choices and decisions every day so I can live the benefits of it. Y'all with me out there? I just want to conclude and pray a blessing of wisdom over you, Father. I pray the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, of knowledge, of understanding be upon every person in this room. Lord, they're business owners, they're employees, they're parents, they're they're spouses. Lord, we need guidance, we need direction, we need to make wise choices. God, would you help us today? Would you just give us the spirit of wisdom so we can walk in your ways and in your will? Thank you, Lord, that we are wiser by the moment, even as we ask for it today. I pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.